How to Influence Others with professional speaker Chris Helder. From the C Method, my name is Christina Cantors and this is Stand Out, Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you communicate with confidence and clarity so you can make awesome connections, build strong relationships and get what you want in business and in life. To subscribe to the show and download the back catalogue, go to thecmethod.com slash podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is episode 10. I'm your host, Christina Cantors. And yes, the sweet, slightly out-of-tune ukulele sounds you hear throughout the podcast are all being played by me. Today, I'm talking about communication, influence, and useful beliefs with professional speaker, author, and super energetic American-turned-Aussie, Chris Helder. Now, just real quick before we get into that, I'd like to ask you a question. What do you say when people ask, what do you do? Do you give a one-word answer? Or do you start to explain and all you get are blank stares? Or maybe you're at an event or a meet-up and you get the old, tell us a little bit about yourself. It should be easy, right? But it's not. The number of people I meet who say, I hate talking about myself, or I just don't know what to say, it's, it's crazy. Now, if this sounds like you, then you might like this. I've created a free 21-day confidence-building course. The goal is to help you get confident in your own abilities, because that's something a lot of us lack, me included, and to construct a good, solid spiel, if you like, about yourself and what you do that you can use in any situation. So whether you're at dinner with friends, at a networking event, at a wedding, a job interview, anything, you can use this. And as a result, you'll be less awkward in social situations, you'll have more interesting conversations, and you'll build better rapport with people. And hey, you may even get a new client or a job out of it, just as an added bonus. And the best part is, it's completely free. To get on it, go to freeconfidencecourse.com. You'll get 21 emails over 21 days. Each email contains one lesson with one thing you can do. Yes, just one. I don't want to overwhelm you with stuff. Just one little lesson each day that you can implement in your day-to-day conversations. Now, if you do sign up and you like it, please tell me. And if you don't like it, please don't tell anyone. Just kidding. I want to hear from you too, so I can make it even better. So if you want to get more confident in talking about yourself without being arrogant or pushy or pitchy, we'll leave that for Shark Tank. Go to freeconfidencecourse.com and sign up. Alrighty, let's move on to today's guest, who is the phenomenal Chris Helder. Chris is a professional speaker and author who helps people become better communicators so that they can influence others and be more effective at sales and leadership. He believes that before you can truly influence people, you need to learn how to communicate effectively. And that face-to-face communication is way more persuasive than digital communication. For example, email. Can you see now why I was so keen to have him on the show? I met with Chris at the Grand Hyatt in Melbourne, where he had just come from delivering a keynote speech. This is what he does. He flies around to different cities delivering keynotes. 
Man, that's what I want to do. So we talk about concepts discussed in his book, The Ultimate Book of Influence, including one tool which he calls the greatest communication tool ever. Yep, that's right. I've tried it, and believe me, it is very easy to implement. You can find show notes for this episode at thecmethod.com slash chris. So without further ado, let's get communicating with the very remarkable Chris Helder. Yeah, so the love of a good woman brought me to Australia. Okay. Um, yeah, so I um, I was actually at a I was at a, a pub, St. Patrick's Day. We were at this. Yeah. Um, uh, they were pouring green beer out of the tap, and I was living in Los Angeles at the time. And um, I met this girl with an accent, and uh, one thing led to another. We got married uh, seven months later. Wow. Talk about impulsive behavior in the book. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's it. But I think we got our 20-year anniversary this year, so that's wow, pretty cool. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. yeah, amazing. So when, at what point in the relationship did you move to Australia? So we're about a year into our marriage. So I've been in Australia now for about 19 years, which right. is pretty incredible. So I yeah. think my accent's sort of in this middle zone between, <laughs> between you know, being... I mean, I do conferences in the States now, and, and they think I sound Australian. Well, I know when I was when I was watching your videos and I was listening to you, you sound American up to a point, and then you throw in one word or exactly. one sentence that's that's really Australian. It's like, what? What is that? Exactly. So yeah, do your cool. kids have Australian or American nah, accents? No, they definitely have Australian accents, so, yeah, because yeah, they've... they've Raised here, so yeah, without, oh, okay. without a doubt. So. Have you raised them to be great communicators? We're trying, we're trying. <laughs> it's uh, They actually, all three, are very good communicators, which is, uh, you know, it's important. I mean, yeah. fundamentally, I think... I think in this it's this day and age, you know, my, my oldest son is, you know, amazing with computers and he's amazing with IT. But, you know, as I say to him, you know, the sweet spot's gonna be that combination of being able to, to be both. And, you know, that's that's where there's uh, you know, always huge demand is in terms of uh, you know, if we still have to deal with human beings as part of what we do every day, then uh then it's it's important. Yeah. Speaking of communication. Yes. That's your specialty. That is. That's what you speak about. Yes. And that's what you've just been doing at this at this conference for for salon owners. This was a conference. Right? Yeah, we've just gotten off stage, so I'm I'm probably a little bit hyped up at the moment <laughs> just because I've just literally come off stage at uh, the beautiful Grand Hyatt here in Melbourne. But um, yeah, to, today was salon owners, and we were really you know talking to them about body language, and mm. uh, so we were talking you know about everything from uh, you know what it means when someone rest their hand on their chin or as, <laughs> as you're I'm doing now, as you're doing now. but uh, all, all the way through to the, the the right angles to sit at so we had a lot of fun it was a really cool it was really cool we did body language and then we did some uh, we did a little something that, that yeah, in my book I talk about the sunset so a little bit about what what they want to achieve in the next yeah. uh, bit of time let's talk about that the sunset concept and I read this in your book and I, I really like this because I mean I, I do a lot of goal setting and a lot of people talk about, you know, yep. what's your goals. And But I, what I liked about the sunset concept was that it, there's a, it's a different way of, of looking at it. Yes. And it actually, I find it's much more actionable. So you, you write about how, you know, if someone was, if you was to call someone in three months' time and say, I've had the best three months of my life or That's I've right. never been happier, my business has never been more successful, what has to have happened in that time? And I think that's a really great way of, of, of looking at it. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's gold. So it's really based in, in neurolinguistic programming and based in some timeline therapy techniques. So that's the idea. But as you say, my, my goal with everything that I present is to try to take 
more complex things and just make them absolutely simple that, as you say, you can implement. So the whole idea is that you want to live in the now and actually be connected with people in the now and communicate as we talk about. But I talk very much about the truth is in the future. So the idea really is that, you know, for you to walk in this room a year from now and say to me, Chris, I've had the best year of my life, personally, professionally, um, you know, in, in every different way, the way my body looks and the people I'm interacting with, mm. for you to walk in and actually say, I'm, 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 I nailed this year. It was an amazing year. For you to do that, tell me what happened. And then we can basically take a look at what are the behavior patterns that we now need to implement to, to go make that happen. And, um, you know, what, what are the belief systems that we need to, to put into place to go make that happen. So um, I talk about the, the past being the one time zone in, in the timeline that is the is the is the zone that holds people back, mm. you know, because they, you know, they've often mapped themselves, uh, boxed themselves and, you know, they look at all the different events that have happened to them and they look at those things with regret. So what I really challenge people to do is, is you know, accept a, a useful belief that, you um, the, uh, the past happened for a reason. You had the parents you were supposed to have. You had the experiences. No matter how horrific they were, um, we learned from them. The, those things happened, and they were supposed to happen. And, and that led us to be the person that we're in today. So, and allowing us to go say, hey, and the sunset's just a visual, too. It's, 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 more, it's a little sexier than uh, key performance indicators, you know? So yeah. <laughs> what's your sunset, you know? And, and so people really like it. So how does that then help? people influence others. Well, I talk about the sunset being the why. So, you know, at the end of the day, once you are clear about what it is that you want to do and sunsets clarity, once, once we are clear about what it is that we want to do, that now is going to say, you know, if I want to increase my sales or I want to increase my leadership ability or become a better parent or, or do better in relationships or get fit, fit, whatever it is that once we have that clarity, then the behavior pattern will actually start to take place because we're clear about what we have to actually go do. Mm. So if communication is, is part of that road, um, then all of a sudden, in that moment of the now, we're going we're gonna to get better at that communication. Just going back to the influencing, because your book is all about influence, yep. how to influence people. What is the difference between influence and manipulation? Yeah, great question. <laughs> intent is the answer. Um, okay. Everything's about intent. So if my... Um, if my intent is to manipulate you, um, then, you know, and even, you know, in a way that I, I'm going to take something from you, then obviously that's, that's bad. Um, influence is actually often going to your world and actually adapting to you and what's important to you. So that, um, it's actually a gracious thing to do. It's from a place of grace and a okay. place of respect that if I go to your world, then I'm going to, you know, be more like you and, and in that, you know, I'm appreciating your your view of things, yeah. so it's very different. Mm. Yeah, and that manipulation is also like I think I've read somewhere that it's about also if you're getting someone to do something against their will. That's right. That's manipulation. That's something right. That they when there's something not in it for them. Or, Absolutely, know, yeah, I, I think that's spot on the money. Spot on the money. And and again, I, I mean, I suppose you, you could use your tools for good or evil, but. <laughs> But no, the great I, I, power comes. again, the idea, the idea really with this is, is, you know, that you've got some tools to go out there and communicate with people at a much higher level. And one of the things we talk about in the book is different kinds of personalities and different kinds of people. And, you know, you know, again, if some people I talk about being the red personality, which is that really intense power driven, right? I so say they got laser eyes and they're out there, you know, looking at people and, and they're very results control 
driven individuals and they're they're very much in the time zone they're, they're future driven so um you know again if i'm going to sit down and talk to a red personality right i'm going to go to the future because I, and i'm going I'm to match their level of intensity because they're going to appreciate the fact that they want it's bullet points right i mean they don't they don't want me to give them a 50 page proposal mm-hmm. right they, they I, I respect their view of the world and that that's not what they want um you know, so really it's going to, to there. The, the yellow personality is very now driven, very impulsive. You know, so again, if I'm, if I'm talking to a yellow personality, I want it to be fun. I want it to be active. I want it to be energetic because they're very visual. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to show them the pictures and we're going to have some fun with it. Um, the, what I call the aqua personality in the book, um, is the more quiet person mm. who's a great listener. Um, so again, I'm going to dial it down a little bit. I'm going to match their body language. I'm going to match their intensity and I'm going to do that because if, if you try to blow away, you know, if I come at full bore red personality coming at an aqua personality, right? They're just going to go, whoa, settle down, slow down. Is so. the aqua personality the more of a supporter For sure. personality? Okay. Yeah, very much driven by yeah. trust and, and, and loyalty. So, yeah, yeah, which is really cool. And then the blue people are the process people. So, and it, it's, I always joke, I didn't really understand the blue personality until I got married. I said, my wife's not blue, she's navy blue. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize that if you're going to have a dinner party on Saturday night that you set the table on Wednesday, but, um, you know, <laughs> so, but with it, it's, it's really, ad- I look at it as adapting, right? So if, mm. if I'm going to sit with a blue personality, you know, it is making sure that it makes sense. It follows a process, right? So, cause that's going to be a corporate environment, you know, they're not going to make whimsical decisions or impulsive decisions. Okay. So can you give an example of that in a business context when you're dealing with a client, you're trying to sell them something? Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, even if I if, if I'm going to go see a red sales director, because a lot of the sales directors are going to be those red personality types, right? I'm I'm not. I mean, you can't imagine the red sales director. You know, I would say to people, don't go to your red sales boss and go, um, "Hey, boss, um, I know I've had a really bad three months, but do you remember like September last year? Do you remember that I was really good like last year in September? Like they don't care about that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really very much sitting down, going, you know. Here's where we are. This is where we're going to go forward. So I'm going to show them the results that they can, they can achieve. You know, we can talk directly about those results where the context would be if I'm going to see a bank, for example, and I'm going to talk to HR. Well, I know they're, they're blue, right? Or I know mm-hmm. that the accountant is going to be blue. I mean, yeah. They don't make yellow accountants, right? I mean, no. <laughs> decided to make uh, your tax return a pop-up book this year. You know, it doesn't really, it doesn't really work. So with that, yeah, so with the blue personality, I'm going to be in there and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work my way through that process and, and they work all the way through the timeline, which I talk about in the book. So they, they want detail, they want, detail. They want numbers, they want to exactly. weigh up every single option. Exactly. Yeah. So that's really where they come from. My mom is definitely a blue. Right. I remember when I was in school and she was paying for my phone, she would say, right, now we've started this new business plan. Now it's, it's this much per month and you get this much worth of calls and this much worth of data. And I'm just falling asleep going. Mom, just tell me how long can I talk to my friends for? That's it. Like that's all I. That's I don't care how many minutes I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to know, like <laughs> how, like when can I talk to my friends and how long can I talk to them for? And that's and, and that's, that's, that's the yellow and mm. uh, and the impulsive and the you know. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. I just want fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and I mean, it, it is it's amazing how often, um, Christina, that people don't think about it and then they just go at people in their own space which goes back to our intent if my mm. intent's to influence you and have you connect with me and like me or you know make a sale that i think is beneficial to both of us mm. in a business context or and 
you know, where I really see is like from a leadership perspective. I mean, if I'm managing, you know, if I was going to manage you, by the way, I'm going to, I'm going to create an environment that's going to be fun, right? Mm. I mean, you don't want to work. Yeah. You don't, I'm going to get, I mean, you like to get out and about. You're not a person that wants to be, you know, chained to their desk. So I, I've got to, you know, if I'm going to manage you, then I've got to create that fun. Otherwise you'll quit, right? <laughs> you're not going to do. So, uh, you know, very different as well. If, if I'm managing a blue personality, then I've got to make sure that, um, you know, the, what we're doing is making sense. We're not just, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a plan in place. So yeah. it's important, you know, again, that I'm aware of what personality color are the people that work for me. And I think it would be important for someone, so to be aware of other people's personalities and what they would respond to, you need to be aware of your own yeah, cool. personality, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And, and I, I always think about it, Christina, that people are sort of, um, I mean, it's not just one. I mean, often we've got two I mean, and we're all four at different times, but I think we sort of bleed one or two. Like myself, is I'm very red-yellow, which makes me very easy to influence because if you go to my world, make it fun, uh, let's <laughs> yeah. get some results, and a few compliments probably wouldn't go astray either. And, uh, you know, but so again, it's, it's being aware that that's who I am. And in looking at my business, then I've got to make sure that I've got the blue personalities behind me to, to manage all that paperwork and, and be able to do that. Yeah. Having that supportive team that can complement where you are not so strong. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think being a you know that's being aware of our strengths and also being aware you know of the areas that that are not our strengths and um, making sure you know it's interesting when, with the dynamics of a team when you put a team together, mm. it's the the personalities are a pretty interesting part of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another thing I want to talk about is the Ford um, tool yeah. that you did. You like Ford? I did like Ford. Yeah. You call this the greatest communication tool ever, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> which is a very big call. So that's why call. I, that's why I want to that's why I want to share it with it. with the podcast listeners. No, it's cool, it, and the and the tool is called Ford, and um, I, I couldn't come up with an acronym for Holden, so I guess it's, it's <laughs> no. But it is it, look, it's a lot of fun, and I talk about the fact that it covers off on the things that are most important to people in their life. So um, F stands for family, the O is occupation, and the R is. Uh, relax. So taking just those three. So this is a small, this is a small talk tool for everyone listening. It's so right. It's gonna, so, yeah, it, so this helps you when you're, when you're meeting someone new. Absolutely. If, if you want to influence them or even just get along with them, have a great conversation. Totally. Right? Meet someone at a party. The art of the party. This is the yeah. art of the barbecue. Any situation, right? The Any art situation. of nightclub, nightclub yeah. excellence. So right? all the people who right. hate, like they think that they can't make small talk or they think it's really awkward and they hate it. Yeah. The Ford tool is a really good way for to, to overcome that and make and eliminate all awkward conversations absolutely and i am um, <laughs> I, I can't I, mean, I would never teach you something i don't use so it's something that i use yeah. all the time and and the idea is let's take that you know party example or that okay. you know fun example you know um that small talk comes into it the f is family so in a family context i might go to a family barbecue and if i'm at the family barbecue well the easiest thing to start with is the kids right so mm -hmm. you can sort of start from that place um and there you go and if it's not if it's not family it's friends right so we can sort of tie that in hey you know i saw so and so have you seen them lately and so that we just get that sort of uh, f conversation going and then we switch ask about work or ask what they do. If I meet you for the first time, I might say, so, so what do you actually do for Christina? So tell me about these podcasts you're doing. What do you, what do you, and I'm going to go F O. Mm. And, um, I, I always say that this is the opportunity right here to use the two words, which create rapport beyond any other two words, which is sounds busy. So I said, geez, Christina, you sound busy. You sound so People bu love that, busy. Love, don't they? they totally love it. And it's, <laughs> it's just this, um, it's funny. Cause I think we just associate busy 
with success. So instantly I'm like, yes, you know, that person said I was successful. I seem important. So it's, it, it's family, then occupation, you know, and then you're so busy. What do you like to do, you know, to get away from it all? What do you do in your free time? And I talk about FOR, so it's foring, right? You mm -hmm. for somebody in a family context. Yep. In a business context, the letters change because the first thing we're going to talk about is work. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask, hey, so tell me about the challenges with the team or whatever it's going to be. I'm going to go, oh, then, gee, you sound busy. So it's, then we're going to go, so what do you do in your you know, free time? And then family and friends if it's appropriate. So I said, I'm not going to for you in a business context. I'm going to yep. orf you. Yep. So we're either going to for them, orf them, or if you know we're going to start and we talk footy first and we got footy in common or whatever it is. Is, we're talking with sport or any recreation thing mm -hmm. start, start with the relax mm -hmm. and uh, then you know again we make move by the way what do you do for work again geez you sound busy and and into family so again I think uh, so we're gonna rough them right so we're gonna for you or if you <laughs> or rough you I actually was having a, I had a meeting down in Richmond um, just recently and I walked into this cafe and I was just I was, I was getting a cup of coffee before my meeting and this guy walked in the cafe was like packed with you know like 50 people and this guy just walks into the cafe and he goes Chris Elder, four orphan rock at the top of his lungs. So, you know, again, it's trying to just, you know, make those tools so they're, they're easy to remember and easy to use. And, and, uh, so it is, it's great fun. It's great fun, the four and orphan rock. And again, it's, it's, you don't have to, I don't, it, it shouldn't be like this. So tell me about your job. Yeah. Tell me about what you do to relax. I mean, again, I mean, you obviously want to be casual and, yeah. and, and comfortable and, you know, but it does just give people, you know, some tools there to, to go through. Now the, the, the D component of it, I, um, is, is actually what, what we were talking about before and breaking through just the FOR being small talk. But I really look at, I, I talk about deep, right? So the idea is that did the conversation actually get to a place that somebody shared vulnerability? So it doesn't happen in every conversation, but mm. uh, you know, again, I believe you've got a better opportunity to do it if I get you talking about yourself. Mm. And the deep is the moment where someone looks at you and they share something. So it could be, hey, actually, you know, it's, I'm actually having a hard time about this at the moment, or actually, I was really frustrated because this happened the other day. And 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 I challenge people that to pay attention to that vulnerable moment because as soon as somebody shares vulnerability with you, that's your cue, right, to really dial in. Because yeah. you know, people, of course, they only share the deep with somebody if they trust them. So this is the. So that's an indicator that you do have that rapport. Absolutely. And they trust you. But uh, the only way to get there is to start with the surface levels. And, and, and not the only way to get there, but I, you know, okay. some people, some people wear their heart on their sleeve and they come at you and open up with something that's completely inappropriate and vulnerable. Um, but, but I think it, I think it's, a, again, it's a tool that is, is, that helps people, you know, go through that and they can think about it. You know, what's the next letter? ORF. I can go straight down the line. And then notice, did they share something vulnerable? And if they did, then boom, you, yeah. it's, it's a good conversation and, and there's a level of trust there. Um, if they don't, and sometimes they won't, then it's small talk. So it's really moving small talk into a place that we're completely having a quality conversation. What would you say to people who just have this blanket opinion that, oh, I hate small talk. It's just so awkward and I hate it. What's the point? I'm glad you brought that up. And I, and I actually am working on a, well, my new keynote that is, I talk about this idea called useful belief. So, okay. um, and useful belief is something that overrides our ability to communicate. And it's, it's really interesting actually, because people do label themselves like that, right? Like we talked about in the sunset, they label themselves, uh, from the past. So they say, yeah, I'm no good at small talk. Well, question, is that a useful belief? Okay. No, it's not, right? So useful belief would be, I'm actually, 
I, I never have been good at small talk in the past. However, I'm going to get good at small talk. That's a useful belief. Or I'm, I'm getting better at small talk. Or I am actually just go for it. I am actually good talking to people. Because as soon as you have that belief, guess what? The behavior actually follows. Um, I'm, I, I get a lot of people that say things like, and you hear older people say stuff like this, so like kids today. You know, I can't believe kids today. You know, when we were kids. We, you know, we were outside. Kids today on the computers and and like, I always just say, you know, what do you think, Chris? When they ask me, I'm like, are you kidding me? It's the greatest, greatest generation of kids ever. It's like the best time in the history of the world to be a parent. And look, I don't know if that's true or not, but I said I'm not that interested in truth, really. Mm. I'm much more interested in useful. And as an idea that I know this, when I believe that, I'm a better dad. Right. So again, if I believe I'm a great communicator, that's useful. That's a useful belief. And, you know, getting dialed in around this idea of useful belief is really cool. Um, you know, truth is highly overrated. Uh, you know, I mean, truth is really just, I mean, if you and I went to, we went to dinner together, Christina, and you walked away and I walked away and, we, and you told the story of your experience and I told the story of my experience, it's highly, it's highly likely that those two stories are not even the same. Mm. So again, you know, I, I really challenge people to stop getting bogged down in, in what everyone else told you you could be in life and who you are. And, you know, you can, you know, what, what's useful? And, um, the part of our brain that actually really activates is, um, something called the reticular, it's called the reticular activating system. And I really believe this. I mean, I've, I've been a speaker. I've done over 1500 presentations. I've uh, been a speaker for 15 years and, you know, I've worked with hundreds of thousands of people. And I think there's a fundamental shift between the, fu the fundamental shift between people who are truly successful and people who are not is ultimately the people who are successful see opportunity that the others do not. And when we talk about seeing the things that others do not, this reticular activating system, um, one way maybe for the listeners to say, uh, it's the reticular activating system we could think, describe it as a red Toyota theory. Okay. So on the drive so far, if people are listening to this in their car or whatever else, how many red Toyotas have you seen so far while driving down the street? The answer is zero. Uh, unless, of course, you decided to buy a red Toyota. In that case, you would see red Toyotas where? Everywhere. Everywhere. So they're absolutely... Everyone's got one. Everyone's got one. And they're ever. And it's, it's no different with, with, with opportunities. So, you know, successful people see them everywhere because they're dialed in. They have a useful belief that this is the greatest time ever to be alive. Right? That's a great... That's a useful belief. Most people don't believe that. Right? Yeah. Well, if you don't believe that, guess what you're looking for? Right? You're looking for all the bad in the world. And there's plenty. All you get is pick up the paper. You got plenty to justify that. But useful beliefs say this is the greatest time ever to be alive. And when you say that, all of a sudden, guess what? You see other things that are great. Um, this is the greatest market ever to work in. Is that, that's a useful belief system to have. Um, you know, I'm an attractive person. That's a useful belief system to have. You carry yourself fundamentally differently if you have that belief system as opposed to, God, I'm this, I'm that, and the other thing, and all the other horrible things that we say, you know, to ourselves. So the most important words we say all day are, are the words we say to ourselves about ourselves and we're alone by ourselves. And, you know, most people are cruel. So, you know, again, useful. What's useful, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you'd see this. I mean, you're, you know, energetic person who's out there making magic happen in what you're doing. How many, how many managers out there are like, I can't believe this generation Y, right? I can't believe these people in their so 20s. It's so privileged. It's so privileged. But, you know, and I say, I said, guys, you can't manage Generation Y. I said, if, if you're going to have that as a belief system. I said, Generation Y, I mean, you guys are the greatest generation in the history of the world. It's, it's, it's the most switched on, dialed in, and if I'm going to manage Gen Y, that's a useful belief for me to have. Because, um, you know, again, you're the most well-researched generation ever. And, you know, I mean, and exciting and, and, and energetic. And, and I, what, I think what I love most is you're, 
Um, this is a generation of people who just, the bullshit detector is just, you know, is the bat, like you can't, you know, you guys are, you guys see it, right? And, and so, you know, again, for me, you know, being that I'm a part of that Gen X generation, uh, it's useful for me to get dialed in what you guys are all about. And, you know, it's fun. Mm. It's fun. So again, you know, I, I challenge people every day to go out there and actually think about your brand. I mean, what do you look, what's your brand out there? What are you, what are you putting out there? Is it, is it different? Is it, is it unique? And is it exciting and vibrant and energetic and something that, that your market's going to be attracted to? So it is useful belief is amazing. And, and, you know, again, I think it drives our behavior pattern. So if, if we get, you know, don't worry about so much, you know, what people have told you is true. It's to me, it's much, much less important than what's a useful belief to have. You know, what I say one of the things is energy is a choice, right? So that's energy is a decision. And it's one of the things that, that I think we can have as much energy as we want. And, and most people don't make that choice. So most people are tired. And if you doubt that, just ask them and they'll, they'll tell you that. So, you know, you can, you can walk up to, you walk up to somebody and go, how's it going? I mean, they probably already had this conversation today. How's it going? And what do they say? Yeah, pretty good, but I'm tired. Why are you so tired? I don't know. I got 10 hours of sleep last night. Oh, because but you're so busy. Yeah, so busy. You're so busy. <laughs> yeah. To, you know, and again, young people, 25 years old, you go, how are you going? They're like, I'm tired. Why are you so tired? I don't know. I'm just, just, I'm 25, I got the rest of my life ahead of me, I'm exhausted, right? You know, but the, the fact of the matter is this, right? Energy is a choice. You can have as much as you want. Just boom, just decide to have it. And, you know, again, think of useful belief. I am an energetic person. Mm. Like, if that's your fundamental belief system, I don't care that people told you you weren't your whole life. Decide you are. And once you make this shift that you're an energetic person, guess what you got more of? Energy, you know? So, again, it just follows suit. And also, just to add to that, when you have lots of energy and you project that, so you start off saying, yes, I'm an energetic person. You go out there, you put out energy, people will say, oh my God, you're such an energetic person. Yes. I love your energy. And then, and then that reaffirms it. And then you become more energetic and that's, feeds it. And you start to live up to that. Whereas if you're always a downer and always really tired, people go, oh yeah, they're always a bit of a downer. And then you, you then act to fulfill that. Absolutely. So, uh, without this, question. And then this goes back to, because at the start of your book, you, the whole first section of your book is about influencing yourself and yep. before you can influence others. Yep. So I, you know, I love that how you brought that up about if you, if you can, if you say, like you have these beliefs that yes, I am energetic. Yes, I am a great speaker. Yes, I'm great at small talk. I'm, I'm confident in social situations. Yeah. Once you can influence yourself to believe that, then you are in a position to project that energy out into the world and, and influence others. With that question, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book is, you know, if, if sometimes people are wondering, well, hang on, that's, that sounds easy if you're an energetic person and they can catch themselves right away without that useful belief. And I always say, you know what? Start out by just doing something. And, and I, I talk about act as if, you know, yeah. uh, that, you know, Think about the person that you want to be. If you could be anyone, what would it look like? You know, and again, let's do a little sunset. Imagine one year from now, what are you looking like? What are you talking like? What sort of job are you in? What's happening for you? And you get that level of clarity and you go, all right, what's my first step? My first step is, hang on, I'm going to hold myself differently. My posture, I'm going to, I'm going to look at people when I talk to them. I'm going to smile. And you know what? We do that every day. And all of a sudden, guess what? Eventually, when you act as if, and you know, we talk about fake it till you make it, but I mean, it's act as if. It's really, you know, if you, if you, if you want to be a great parent, right, what do, what behaviors do great parents do? If you want to be great in a relationship, what do people who are successful in a relationship do? Um, if you want to make money, what do people that make money do? And, you know, we, again, we code success and, and, and take a look at, uh, you know, who's the best at what 
I want to do and what do they do and I can start taking a step in that direction and acting as if and eventually you act as if long enough and um, you become it. boom all this, <laughs> there you are and I, you wake up one day and you can't believe it so I love that so yeah. before, before we wrap up, Chris, you, in, in the book you, you say a lot, I challenge you to do this, I challenge you to do that. And in my podcast, I like to have a challenge at the end of each episode as yeah, well. Awesome. So it's one takeaway where I think, okay, what, what do I now challenge the listener to do after listening to this podcast? Yep. So what would be your challenge to the listeners yeah, right now? Great question. And, and I would challenge everybody to really think about their timeline, right? So I would yeah. challenge everybody to go out there and, and decide what, what do you want it to look like a year from now or six months from now? Pick a time. And what is your, what is your sunset? What is it, what does it really look like? I mean, again, physically what's happened for you? You know, what sort of books are you reading? What sort of, you know, what movies do you watch? What do you, you know, what do you, you know, how are you dressed? And, you know, it, it really take, take a look at that picture of what you want to be and then think about what behavior patterns do I now have to implement? Um, to actually go be that person, you know? Yeah. Should I spend this many hours actually watching Real Housewives of whatever? Like, I mean, what's, think about what is, what's gonna be my useful belief system around me achieving the person that I, that I wanna be. And, uh, you know, none of us are perfect. And I think with, you, you gotta just be absolutely clear that, that you've been told a lot of things. We've all been told a lot of things in our past about, you know, why things happened and, and who we were and we were, our identity was formed through, you know, years of childhood and, and, you know, again, but think about how often do you, do you, do you come up with negative stuff from the past? And, you know, and, and if so, ask yourself, is it useful for me to hang on to that anymore? Um, and if it's not, change it. Like, it, it doesn't matter. There's two time zones we have control over and that's the future and, and, and that's the now. And, and the past is the one time zone we, we don't have any control over. So again, it's really exciting because I've seen people, whether they're 17 or 77, right, they can make a, an instant boom, they can make a shift. And, you know, uh, life begins at 77. That's what I tell the people who are in their 70s. And, and they love it, right? I said, life begins at 40 is not a useful belief if you're 77. Yeah. Right? Being 21 was the best time in life. That's not a useful belief if you're 40, right? It is a useful belief if you're 21, though, right? So again, think about, you know, what, what is your overall, what, is, what, what does it look like for you to actually 12 months from now be the person that you want to be and the job that you want to be in? Let's start taking steps, acting as if. And yep. think about those those negative messages that that are out there. Let's get let's get rid of them. Let's think about how we empower ourselves. I love that. It's a great challenge. Thank cool. you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure it's, having you on the show, Chris. Wow. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure Bye. being here. Thanks, Christina. <laughs> Cheers. How awesome is Chris? You can find his book, The Ultimate Book of Influence, in Amazon or on his website at chrishelder.com. Or follow the links in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash chris. Oh, hey, I learned a new song on the ukulele this week. It's the slightly creepy version of My Favourite Things from The Sound of Music. What do you think, hey? Now, don't forget to go to freeconfidencecourse.com and sign up for your 21 awesome tips to help you be confident and clear when explaining what you do. You'll be making the world a better place, one awesome conversation at a time. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to spend with me. Keep on being awesome and I will see you next time. My name's Christina Canders and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed.
I, I did 115 airplane flights last year. And, you know, here's my useful belief. I love airplanes. Love them, right? Because guess what? They're a part of my reality. So I yeah. love hotels. I love airplane lounges. I love, you know, I love being on the plane. Right? Because again, think about your reality. And every, every person's got a reality that, you know, you might work at a certain place that, you know, or, or you're in a certain relationship or you're, you, you've got a certain, financial commitment and whatever that is that everybody's got a reality and you know ask yourself the question and uh, here's here's challenge number two right do you have a useful belief about your reality i mean i, I meet people all the time and they go oh god i have to travel how bad's travel chris and i'm like what do you mean i said I'll, they're like well i have to travel and i'm going three days a week and i'm like can you get out of it and they're like no i have to do it this is my job i'm like well then Let's switch the useful belief. You're miserable three days a week, right? So guess what? Travel's awesome. Hotels are great. You get to see new things. You break it up. Everything's... So again, decide what your reality is and, and create some useful beliefs around it.